0: Chapter fourteen of Lady Jim of Curzon Street. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lady Jim of Curzon Street by Fergus Hume. Chapter fourteen. After the happy-go-lucky fashion of Italian officialism, the train was detained for some time at then to miglia lady richardson unsettled as a fly changed her seat five times and complained garrulously captain lake is so very particular she explained producing a pocket-mirror and a powder-puff to repair possible damages he can't bear to be kept waiting five minutes then i should make him wait five hours replied leah calmly it doesn't do to spoil men you spoil me said sir billy audaciously pooh you are merely a rascal in the making i wouldn't hint how we govern your sex if you were anything but a grub the boy laughed complacently i'm a very nice grub very precocious at all events you know much more than is good for you fanny you should whip him i haven't the heart or the muscle my dear the only safe thing will be to marry a strong man with a bad temper i should jolly well like to see the stepfather who would pitch into me you will if you don't behave isn't that eyebrow a little crooked billy and she fingered it delicately don't think so but you have a smudge of powder on your chin so i have how horrid there dusting it off what a comfort you are to your darling mammy my own kiss me billy brushed her rouge with careful lips and after a glance to see that he had not blurred the picture lady richardson put away the mirror thank goodness we're moving again she prattled i do hope reggie won't be in a bad temper i'll square that little mother been to the theatres lately lady jim no answered leah amused by his man-about-town air is there anything good on awful stuff announced billy with the conviction of mature judgment couldn't sit out more than two plays the woman with three husbands isn't bad though very french of course saw it four times before i told the little mother she couldn't face it how alluring will you take me billy was obviously shocked no woman should see that piece i can't stand heaps but an after me the deluge shrug hinted at the degradation of the drama yes poor darling chimed in his mother he was blushing three inches deep all over when he came home i am glad to hear that billy can blush at all murmured lady jim how's the bedding william tolerable i pulled off a fiver on fly-by-night but a man in my form lost a tenner silly juggins oh how old is that man sixteen and thinks he's twenty awfully saucy chap though went nap on a girl and another fellow scooped the pool don't they teach english at Eton, billy the youth was quite undisturbed try to he assured her but there's no snap about the classical rot they give us oh here we are and there is reggie cried lady richardson craning her dyed head out of the window like another jezebel how do you do captain lake lovely day so sorry we're late you know lady james i have that pleasure said the tall young soldier saluting very sorry to hear your husband is ill lady james thanks but i dare say jamaica will pull him round captain lake hope it won't breathed billy at her elbow as the lift soared. why you horrid little boy there'll be a chance for me no no you're too much of a general lover billy girls do run a man so hard nowadays observed billy pathetically it was different in your youth no doubt but i am not a girl and quite old enough to box the ears of conceited urchins do if you'll let me give you a kiss for a blow what precocious Christianity you had better apply to that pretty American girl near the casino door. Miss Mamie Mulrady? Oh, I can kit her kisses without fightin'. Not bad lookin', is she? Lots of tin and a spry as they make em. There's the little mother and the rotter chippin' into the casino. Shall we follow, Lady Jim? they were stopped on the steps by miss Mulrady, who knew both and claimed acquaintance through a wholly unnecessary lorgnette she was a vivacious wild west product who exaggerated the vernacular because europeans expected to find the california girl of fiction in real life her exaggerated slang was assumed out of sheer amusement and she Greatly enjoyed the amazed looks of those who heard her talk good Anglo-Saxon, which she did when she escaped from fools to foregather with wise men. How are you, Miss Mulrady? asked Billy solemnly, Keepin afloat, I guess, but that's about all the dollars I've lost, Buckin the tiger would have bought me a dozen husbands foreign ones are cheap i believe said leah admiring the prairie flower's paris frock more than her republican manner you make me smile i'm goin to run tandem with sir billy here me first and he the wheeler no go said the boy quite able to hold his own i'm not goin to marry a bret Hart girl Oh, do replied Miss Mulrady in the purest of English and placing two small gloved hands together. I'll be a wife and a mother in one. What economy smiled Lady Jim. Are you coming in to the devil's parlour? Later, I'm waiting for Mr. Askew. Leah started. She thought that Askew was safe in Shropshire, making attempts to civilize the fixture. Harry Askew that's so," assented Miss Mulrady, relapsing into her Wild West vocabulary. And with a keen look, he called on Mamo and me when he was cruisin' out Frisco way, were negotiating a system to break this old bank you evidently wish to be popularised in a song said lady jim languidly how long has mr Askew been devoting his energies to such things this with an angry reflection that he had not called on her you might reckon it twenty-four hours said the american admiring her pointed brown shoe he's here for his health i've heard that excuse before with regard to monte carlo shouldn't wonder we ticket our sins best sugar sir billy come along and buy me candy at the stores but your man miss mulrady the askew chap lady jim and i'll swap humans what say and she looked at leah mischievously overdoing the slang i never swap what isn't my own property answered lady jim considering this offer too western and resenting the familiarity to the extent of walking into the casino where there had very much in the air america could hold her own with the mother country and leah did not approve she wants to be the whole show in the box-office murmured mamie mischievously stay here bub i am sorry to refuse a lady replied billy resenting the word but i've put my money on lady jim this trip on the red hair you mean go bye by with your nurse then here's mr askew he's older than you and easier to please snapped the youth much offended you'll excuse me miss mulrady but a man can't keep a woman waitin he retired into what lady jim called the devil's parlour with a floria etona air and miss Mulrady, after a glance at the ears which she longed to box soundly turned to receive a breathless apology from the belated askew there's a friend of yours gone in to sin for an hour said she when a treaty was concluded i have so many friends so called of the high-toned gilt-edged sort with red scalps askew comprehended in a second lady jim he stammered yes i heard that she was at san remo what's she doing here visitin the sick and the poor said mamie shrewdly it's what folks come to monte for guess she best drop in on you a sicker man i never saw and you'll be poor enough by the time we're through with this old system of yours i know a bank where the wild time goes you may look all through bacon without findin that remark it's my own let's get thus with barbaric japes did the child of nature lead her companion into the gilded halls of iniquity and the two jostled the well-dressed crowd which circulated round the tables the silence was that of an arctic night save for the droning voices of the croupiers and at times a hurried whisper of joy or dismay goin in for rouge et noir with lady jim asked miss Mulrady, alluding to the hair of askew and his friend or perhaps she's sportin on tron et couron to suit her years she's under thirty growled askew crossly and you're under the weather considerable retorted the american sharply get up steam and fizzle a bit can't you shall i war-whoop or dance a hornpipe neither i prefer originality try the system then and askew pushed his way through the mammon worshippers to where the roulette ball wheeled its fatal round lady jim did not play she had stupidly forgotten her peacock's feather and could not risk loss with her small capital but billy having the audacity and luck of innocence was at hand so she gave him five hundred francs to experiment we'll have the winnings never take money from a woman said billy gravely but i don't mind a fly got any sportin number thirteen because that's your age there is mademoiselle aksakoff i wish to speak to her and she moved gracefully towards the tall pale girl while young iniquity with the air of a vanderbilt planked her money on the odd number katinka aksakoff grew crimson when lady jim saluted her and would have evaded the meeting if possible she might have been a nun from the looks of her and was garbed in unrelieved black which leah concluded was mourning for unrequited affection after that fleeting wave of colour her thin oval face grew marble white and a pair of dark questioning eyes appeared twice as large and three times as brilliant as they had been before resting on lady jim's gracious smile so glad to meet you murmured leah as they shook hands in the air lady richardson and i have come to tea where is your father he is talking with the german ambassador replied katinka without a smile and with siberian coldness so fortunate we can chat without interruption i scarcely think we have much to chat about oh yes rejoined lady jim with perfect good humour when you learn how you misjudge me we shall get on capitally pardon i do not understand probably not since i have yet to make my explanation let us walk on the terrace and you can throw me over to where they shoot the pigeons if my conversation displeases you ah but it is so strange and so necessary to your peace of mind no mademoiselle aksakoff's face grew scarlet once more and she pressed her hand to her heart as though she felt there a cruel pain perhaps she did poor soul but the stoicism of the slav enabled her to summon up a wry smile and to bow her head as she followed her brilliant rival with the excess of an ill-governed passionate heart did she hate this woman but as a niobe frozen and cold did she appear when they were pacing the terrace and not one single word of her companion's sugared speech was she prepared to believe leah's eyes rested appreciatively on the varied beauty of god's work and man's improvements the huddled white houses of monaco crowned its giant rock which balked hugely against the blended azure of sea and sky the placid waters ringed its base with foam and stretched with sparks and dashes of fire towards an immeasurable horizon landward bunched the red roofs of the town below arid and precipitous heights soaring massively into the radiant and ever-deepening blue a balming wind like some invisible alchemist changed the sombre green of the olive groves to patches of glittering silver near at hand spread the lustrous foliage of lemon and orange trees nor was wanting the almond blossom of the far east they walked under palms suggestive of bedouin life and to the well-read of heine's sad little song immortal and heartrendingly true roses and violets and flowers of many shapes and hues bordered the terrace the wide sea laughed at their feet and behind them rose the palatial structure of the casino gorgeous as the golden house of nero it was fairyland and lady jim said so to her sad companion who was too blinded by love to see beauty anywhere when the beloved was absent we can talk in french if you like said leah after she had paid her tribute to nature in english i think replied the russian girl my father wishes me to speak only your tongue while we remain in london so that i may improve you can't answered leah genuinely complimentary your accent is much better than a born english person also your grammar and your choice of words we take the trouble to learn your language whereas you english do not we're too busy annexing the world to bother about philological lessons said lady jim remembering heine's remark anent the romans possibly assented katinka with a chilling smile but interesting as this conversation is i do not see its necessity monsieur demetrius began leah abruptly when mademoiselle raised a protesting hand we need not speak of him madame why not he is a mutual friend i know your fancy i fancy nothing interrupted the other haughtily words are not needed where he is concerned but explanations are you think that i love demetrius katinka flushed painfully and she put her hand suddenly to her throat i forbid you to speak she said in a stifled voice nonsense we are not in russia where people kneel down and say please besides it is necessary for your peace of mind that you should hear what i have to say you made that remark before lady james true and i make it again to emphasize my meaning though i hate repetition demetrius loves you no no it is you who pish his heart is yours his science mine his science mademoiselle aksakoff looked surprised what else do you think attracted me i am an english cat and i have no lovers do you remember la fontaine's fable lady james be plain with me i am trying to be you think that i love demetrius that he is devoted to me it is not so katinka winced she did not like such plain speaking and moreover doubted its truth if i could think so i would of course you can think so said lady jim amiably demetrius is particularly clever in curing consumptive diseases for that reason i converse with him a great deal my husband is very ill and i wanted the doctor to cure him if demetrius thought that my liking for his society meant anything else he is an egotist my advice is that you should procure his pardon and marry him there are obstacles in the way i am not one i assure you are you speaking honestly i am and the eyes of the two women met katinka searched the hard blue orbs of the great lady with painful intensity and leah bore the scrutiny with the knowledge that her conduct had been and always would be perfectly correct had she been the least in love with the doctor she would not have dared to submit to that probing painful gaze women may deceive mere men they cannot deceive one another especially in affairs of the heart when katinka withdrew her eyes she was satisfied that lady jim cared nothing for demetrius without explanation she burst into rapid and wrathful speech and leah's feminine perspicacity enabled her to guess the unuttered preamble which a man would have required to be put into words why then do you lure him to your feet cried the russian girl in a sharp pained voice if you love him not why torture him and me i know he loves you i know i know oh yes i know you do not his love for me if it can be called so is the mere passing fancy of a man for a woman who has been kind to him too kind muttered katinka vengefully not at all but men are so conceited that they think a woman's smile means a woman's love you have a golden heart yet you throw it into the greedy hands of this selfish egotist he is not that gasped the girl yes he is and much worse demetrius possesses the selfishness of a woman and the vanity of a man you reverse the proper order no i don't men are far vainer than women and women more selfish than men i'm selfish myself therefore i am happy you are one of those self-tormenting self-denying angels who make men what they are vain greedy conceited lord of creation beasts and i insult the beasts by such a comparison i thought you liked men i use them and i detest them retorted lady jim speaking more plainly than was her custom there are good men i don't deny that for i know one at least she was thinking of lionel but the majority ugh god help the women like yourself who give their hearts into the keeping of such animals you love your husband, surely we all love our husbands it's part of the church service to love them pa. i am not here to talk of my marriage but of yours you know now that i don't care for demetrius and that i desired his help merely for my husband's sake yes i have wronged you and katinka put out her hand lady jim took it rather softened you poor child how foolish you are why not forget demetrius i cannot he is not worthy of you is he not ah you don't know him leah smiled grimly i know him much better than you do however if you insist upon putting him on an imaginary pedestal there is no more to be said have you heard from him lately mademoiselle aksakoff was now quite deceived and looked upon lady jim as her dearest and best friend last week i received a letter from funchal she said eagerly yes i wrote to him about the chances of his pardon are there any chances yes yes i assure you yes i have a cousin high in favour with the czar who can procure an immediate pardon but my father does not wish me to marry demetrius wise man murmured leo and so there is some difficulty oh she clasped her hands if constantine would only be guided by me he comes of a rich family and has the title of prince so he told me ah uh, but did he say how he had parted from his family because of his advanced ideas he gave up money and rank and all that makes life pleasant to labour among the poor peasants is that not noble so noble that i have difficulty in thinking m demetrius acted so but he did he did and my father is angered because of this self-sacrifice if constantine would only return to the rank of life in which he was born my father would permit me to marry him and then the pardon would speedily be procured but i plead in vain she murmured with hanging head he will not listen he may when he returns volunteered lady jim kindly but when will that be if he goes to jamaica leah turned suddenly white why to jamaica she asked sharply he wrote that the duke of pentland had asked him to go there to see after your husband and you say that yes yes but this patient garth who katinka looked surprised but have you not heard heard i have heard nothing i do not correspond with monsieur demetrius my dear it is now april and he has been at funchal since january trying to heal that poor man has he no said mademoiselle aksakoff quickly the man is dead garth dead lady jim sat down with a gasp Yes so demetrius wrote last week and said he would go on to jamaica at the duke's request to see your husband but you look quite ill i hate to hear of deaths said lady jim viciously she certainly spoke truly with regard to this particular death in her mind lurked a dread lest demetrius had assisted nature after all chapter. Fourteen.